Hello, you're listening to Accountable. I'm your host, Dylan Marsh, and I'm here today with local tattoo artist, Caroline Urich. Hi, Caroline. Hi. How Hi, are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I just got a tattoo from you. Yep, you did. <laughs> so, <laughs> Caroline's going to tell us a story. Um, today, she's holding herself accountable for something that she's done. And so, I'm just going to let you go ahead and start telling your story. All right. Okay, so rewind about 12 years. Um, I think it was December of 2008. I was getting ready to take off for art school, which I was super excited about, um, and decided to go to a uh, metal concert at a local uh, nightclub. And I went with my best friend. We picked up some vodka for the ride up. I think we were drinking in the car, is what it is. Uh, we get there, um, and I go inside, kind of partying a little bit, and I decide to go back out to my car to get some more vodka. And um, friend, you know, my friend went with me, and uh, we get out there, and I notice my car is locked. I can see the bottle of vodka from the window. So my drunk brain decides to find somebody um, who has a crowbar. Which, so I randomly find this person in the parking lot who's got a crowbar, and I uh, basically had him smash out the back window. <laughs> got the vodka out, continued drinking, got absolutely trashed, and went back in the club. And uh, not 15 minutes later, a bouncer came and found me to inform me that someone had broken into my car. Um, so I went out there and I started pulling the, oh my God, no, you need to call the police. Someone must have broken into my vehicle. This is horrible, broken glass everywhere. So they start asking me if I've been drinking and I start getting really defensive because I was only 18 at the time. Um, and they decided to call the cops, not on my behalf, but on me. Um, and they had me sit in my car and wait for them to show up. Keys were in the ignition, rolled down the window. So when the cops show up, no, I was in my car with the keys in the ignition, so they immediately pulled me out to do a field sobriety test and popped me with a DUI. Um, the worst thing about that was that later that evening, both my parents came to pick me up. I was getting ready to take off for my first semester of art school, um, and they had dumped a bunch of money into clothing, you know, just preparation to get me moved out there. It's two weeks before I'm supposed to leave, and I got arrested um, while, you know, I'm waiting to go off to college. So they show up and they're devastated. And I maintain to my parents that somebody else smashed out the window of their car. And uh, to this day, they think that's what happened. To this day, they think that somebody else did that and that, you know, I was wrongfully um, accused of something that I didn't do. But in fact, I did do. So that's what I'm here to talk about today. So the, the first thing that I would mention is um, you, were, you sought out a crowbar? Yeah, I mean, I found a guy who had, I, I guess I was drunk. I don't know if he knew, if I knew it was a crowbar. I guess I was looking for something heavy, a crowbar, a hammer, or something. Okay, because I, I initially was, thought you were going to try and pry your door open. No, I just want to smash uh, it out. Okay, and yeah. that, it's kind of weird that he had a crowbar. Yeah. But so your <clears throat> your parents don't know anything about, like, what what actually No, happened. I mean, I, I, I was a terrible person at the time. I couldn't hold a fucking job. So they, I mean, they were... They were paying for. They hired a lawyer for me. They paid for all of that. They they were they were just trying to keep me out of you know out of jail. I, I was actually on bail when I got arrested that night. So, really? Yep. Um. They, the officer supposedly lost my paperwork. He happened to know my uncle, so I think somehow um, he I kind got of out of it. To yeah. Lose the paperwork. Yeah. So, do you think that, and are there in ways in which you're affected by that choice? Oh, for sure. Um, every time it gets brought up, you know, 12 years later, I'm 30 years old. Every time my mom brings it up, it makes me sick to my stomach. And I just don't have the heart to tell her to her face that I lied to her. And that all those suspicions, you know, all those stories she'd heard about me, 
um, all the things that she had been in her mind telling herself weren't true, you know, that would have just kind of validated that for her and been like, yeah, maybe those things about my daughter are true. And I never wanted her to know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just one of many things. That one really did get me, though, because they had invested so much into me financially, emotionally. They were sending me off to school, paying for the whole thing. And uh, yeah, it just it feels shitty every time she brings it up. So. Do you think at any point you'd tell her? I would like to be able to get to that point someday. I think sometimes, like, she's a great person. I think she's the type that would rather be just blissfully unaware of a situation like that. I don't know. Um, I think I'd be more up to tell my dad. I yeah. think he'd be pretty understanding. He's more, he's, he's had a similar past to me, so I think he might get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it costs, it probably cost them upwards of six to $10,000, you know, at the time. Just so, between legal fees? Yeah, and just like, like legal that. fees bailing me out, um, repairing the car, the damage. It was technically their car. Yeah. I was driving. So. Um, in, if, so, if you were to find someone else in that same predicament that you mm-hmm. were, do you, know, do you think that there'd be like advice you could possibly give them? Uh-huh. Honestly, I would. I, I don't think there's much advice you can give a person in that situation because they're already so intoxicated and there's no logic. But I think in retrospect, I might, I might say to slow down, um, make sure you're in a safe situation before you involve yourself with like alcohol or drugs or something. You know, don't. I, that was my big issue. I never planned anything. You know, I think a lot of people did the same stuff. They just maybe had a ride or like had a situation laid out where they wouldn't be endangering themselves or other people. And I was so careless. I just did, you know, whatever it was convenient at the time. I'd rather just get there and have a good time and be crazy than like think about what the best opportunity or the safest thing for me to do in that moment. Or worry about like, yeah, I didn't care. Yeah. I just truly didn't care. And I think, you know, I might say to take a step back and really look at like what you're doing to yourself and other people. Like if I'd gotten behind the wheel after drinking a handle of vodka that night with my best friend in the car, what might have happened. I'm kind of glad that happened the way it did um, in some ways, but in others, it's just the whole situation sucked. Yeah. Um, so do you think that, like, have you come upon situations, like, mm-hmm. throughout the the years after the fact, like, where you were going to do something like that and, like, you thought, like, since you'd already been in this, like, predicament, you said, yeah. well, I'm not going to do that because I know better now. Um, it took some time. I, you know, it didn't initially, like, at, at first I never held, I really didn't hold myself accountable. I maintained the lie. Um, I forgot, you know, it got to a point where I didn't know who I told the truth to and who I had lied to. Um, and I continued down that road for, for some time. I, I got arrested again, believe it or not, a couple of weeks later in the same town, um, completely unrelated thing, just stupid, stupid behavior. Um, yeah, I'd say I probably was 21, 22, three years down the road, four years down the road, I think. Before you started. Before I started to really look back and say, like, that was shitty. That was a horrible thing to do. That that caused a lot of damage to other people. It put other people in a really negative situation just so that I wouldn't have to feel the guilt or whatever or, like, deal with the repercussions, um, like, just personal repercussions with, like, my family. You know, lying was easier than um, admitting it. I don't know. I, I just continue to maintain it and to this day I still don't know how the hell I would approach that do you think there's been like a time like do you think the amount of time that passed would help sort of lift some of that burden if you were to yeah go and say to your parents like hey this is like what really happened yeah I think I you know I might be able to do that I think it would be disappointing I think there might be a lot of um 
pretending to be understanding, but really, you know, questioning everything, like everything that I'd ever said. Yeah, I started to open know? these floodgates yeah, of like totally. thinking about that. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> well, I think luckily, too, you're a good example of someone who, like, you know, made a choice like that, but has, like, then now made a lot of really great choices. And so I think that, you know, they, they can say, like, oh, that's not great, but then they can also sort of reconcile that with the fact that, like, yeah. you're not that person anymore. You're right. Thank you for validating that. <laughs> no, I kind of needed, I didn't need to hear that, kind of. Um, yeah, I think you're right, and I probably should say something eventually. Um, probably not this year. Maybe, maybe yeah. a, a less... When you're ready, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll get there eventually. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thank you. Telling your story. And I hope you have a great rest of your night. Thanks thank so. you, everyone, listening. Uh, do all the stuff you do with podcasts. like uh, Follow it or give me some money. Let me get some of your money. Thanks so much. Bye.